We're talking with Jill Blake. She's the public health director for Nevada County. Thank you for speaking with us, Jill. It's my understanding that the public health department just got accredited. Yes, that is true. Thank you, Felton, so much for having me on to talk about this. Our department has been working on becoming accredited for about five years. It was a very long journey, and the status is one that indicates really high standards of excellence. So yes, we wear this new badge very proudly. So it's a new badge. Now, I I think a lot of people would just assume, what, what, you're not accredited in the first place? Explain how all of that process worked. Sure. Yeah. Accreditation is a relatively new thing for the field of public health. I think it got kicked off in 2012. Again, really, it's it's a process where the Public Health Accreditation Board, it's a national board fondly referred to as FAB, they set standards of excellence that local health departments and state health departments and tribal health departments can strive towards to improve their performance, to identify their strengths and weaknesses, to get on a path of continuous quality improvement. And if you are able to demonstrate that you meet certain standards, then you get this badge. We had started talking about it as early as late 2012, but really we kicked off our concrete work in 2014. And I will say, this really wasn't just about getting accredited. It was really about the journey that took us to accreditation. We really had to take a good, hard, long look at ourselves as a department and be brave enough to claim our strengths and also look for areas of improvement as we were striving towards excellence in our work and in serving the community. And it was a long, fruitful journey where we learned so much about ourselves, so much about our work, so much about our partners, about our community, um, and how to function in all of those areas as well. So it's been a, a terrific journey that paid off in this newly earned status. So what's different now that you're accredited as opposed to when you weren't accredited last week? <laughs> That's a good question. I think we're a little happier just seeing our work pay off. You know, again, I think it, it was so much about that journey. But also being accredited, being recognized by the Public Health Accreditation Board, there was great satisfaction for us in that because we had worked so hard on this. But the changes in our work, the changes in our department, those have been occurring for years as we were on this journey. So as we're looking at how to better prepare for and respond to emergencies, as we're looking at how to better support and advance our workforce, as we're looking at how to better partner with the the partners in our local public health system, as we're looking at how to address health disparities in our community, and the list goes on and on if we're looking at all the things that we've worked on over that five-year period. So that's really where the changes occurred in in our work. And we're not done. We're accredited for five years, but you never really achieve at excellence. You're always striving towards it. So our, our work continues to constantly improve how we function as a department and how we function with and serve our community. But again, having that stamp is kind of an elite designation. So We're working on a signature line where we get to put the the fab seal on everything so that people know that we took that journey, that we are considered an excellent public health department by peers in our field. And I think we're only the 21st health department in the state of California out of the 61 local health jurisdictions. We're the 21st to get accredited. 
So what changes happened a couple years ago when COVID started in the accreditation process? I mean, did you have different boxes you needed to check off once COVID started spreading around the country and the world? Really, we had to submit thousands of pages of documentation to FAB or the Public Health Accreditation Board that they would then use to consider to determine whether or not we met the standards and could be accredited. And we submitted all of that documentation in October of 2019. Um, So that was actually quite fortunate timing on our part, not knowing that there was a pandemic around the corner. Most of our accreditation work had been completed by the time the pandemic hit. There was one last step in that accreditation process, and that was a site visit that, of course, got postponed due to the pandemic, so that put off our process by about a year. But I'll tell you what accreditation did for us in terms of the pandemic. It left us more prepared to do all the things that we've had to do over the last year and a half. Again, we we spent five years on quality improvement activities, strengthening our department, strengthening our processes, strengthening our services, strengthening our ability to be reflective and determine where we could be doing better. And I have no doubt that it helped shape, form, and improve our COVID response. Let's talk about boosters for a second. It's been announced now that if you had your two Pfizer shots, you're now eligible for a booster if you meet certain criteria. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yes, you're correct. So the Pfizer boosters have been authorized for people who received the two doses of the Pfizer vaccine at least six months ago. I just want to make sure people understand they are advised not to mix vaccines. So the Pfizer booster is not for you unless you were fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine. So they make a pretty clear distinction between those who should get the booster and those who may consider getting a booster. And those who should get a booster include people who are 65 and older, because as we age, we have a lesser response to a vaccine. Also to residents of long-term care facilities and people ages 50 to 64 with certain underlying health conditions. Also people who may be at increased risk due to social inequities. Those are the groups of people who should get a booster. And really it is intended to enhance their response, to bolster their response, to provide them further protection against becoming seriously ill with the COVID-19. If one of our listeners falls into that category, How do they go about getting their booster? Just the same way they got their initial shots or is it a different process? It might be a slightly different process. So I'll just preface this by saying that we as a public health department, we remain committed to and focused on vaccinating the unvaccinated. So that remains our charge. What that entailed a few months back was we stood up this Whispering Pines vaccination clinic where we provided over 20,000 vaccinations. If you were vaccinated there, you don't have an option to return there because that clinic is no longer open. But if somebody went to the website myturn.ca.gov or they called the toll-free number, the toll-free number for MyTurn is 833-422-4255. So you can go to MyTurn or call that toll-free number and find out where locally you can get a booster shot of the Pfizer vaccine. And then also on our webpage um, at mynevadacounty.com slash coronavirus, on the left-hand side of that webpage, you'll see a tab where the get vaccinated information is located. 
If you click on that tab, you'll also find links to the various national pharmacies who may not be in the MyTurn system. So there are pharmacies that are vaccinating, there are clinics that are vaccinating, and a limited number of healthcare providers that are, that are providing these booster shots as well. We've been talking with Jill Blake, the Public Health Director for Nevada County. Thank you for the information and your time. My pleasure.